Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast, where we share personal experiences so we can learn from each other. Our mission is to talk about things you might relate to, but that you don't hear being discussed in other places. Our hope is that you're encouraged to have honest conversations with people in your own life. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. On today's show, we're going to have an honest conversation titled How Men Think with Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Hey, how's it going? Going well. So we have had you on the podcast twice before. And so this is going to be the third time you will be our first three-peat guest. How do you feel about that? I'm starting to think I'm a masochist or sadist, <laughs> which, which, which is the one that uh, enjoys putting themselves through pain. <laughs> I don't know. We'll Google that. <laughs> Actually, no, let's not Google let's that. Not, let's not. I don't want that in my search. Um, so, turn off safe search. Yeah. <laughs> so you are in Orlando. And we are here in Tallahassee, so we're excited to be able to do uh, this conversation because we actually had you on like two years ago, yeah, and we had always planned for this to be the third episode with you. And then I think after that second episode, I think Beth was like, "I I can't do another <laughs> Daniel episode." No, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> that second episode, just a reminder, was can a conservative and a liberal have an honest conversation? And I'm not the conservative. And the, the the answer was yes, but it's painful. <laughs> oh, it wasn't painful. It wasn't so bad, was it? I enjoyed it. Was it was great. I enjoyed yeah. it. I, I had a great it. time. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it only took two years, though, to get him back in the pocket. I'm not sure then the answer, uh, the reason for that. But um, so we're excited to have you here today. And the reason why this title came up is because years ago, Daniel, I don't even know if you remember this, but I was in, I was having a conversation with you. And I don't, I must, I think I was doing online dating at the time. And so I was talking to you about this and I was like, I just don't know if this guy is interested. And you were like, Hey, let me tell you how it is. If it's, if a guy's interested, you're going to know it. They're going to pursue you. And that's how you'll know they're interested. And it was like something that was so simple, but also like, so like, what? That's how I'll know. Cause I feel like like just in general women make things more complicated in some respects like with dating and yeah, things. maybe in dating yeah. and um when you told me that you're like i was just like okay and i will tell you ever since you told me that i have noticed that that i have had guys in the past that have you know i know they're interested because they're willing to do x y and z to spend time with me so um that was um like a wow if you want to know how men think why don't you ask a man right <laughs> So we're going to ask a man. Seems so simple. <laughs> but I will say that not a lot of men would be willing to sit in the hot seat like you are. And actually, when Steph and I were planning this episode, she was like, well, Beth, what do you think? Do you think your husband would be willing to have a conversation like this? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so then uh, last night I was like, oh, God, let me tell you about the episode we're going to record tomorrow. And he was like, wow, I would never agree to do that. <laughs> so he thinks you're very brave or something <laughs> you're a great representation of the the men i guess but it made me his reluctance kind of clued me into how grateful i need to be that you're willing to have this conversation with us because it's not something that everybody would be willing to do so thank you anytime i love being here yeah it's uh i was i was thinking about from your perspective if my wife was doing a podcast and she asked me on would I still say yes? Mm. I think I would. Yeah. I but it would, would it would be, it, you know, I might, might approach some of, the, some of the honesty a little differently, you know, tone, pull it back just a little bit. I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of, it's an interesting thought exercise. Yeah, Jess and I have very honest conversations a lot of the time, but I don't have to live with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's right. true. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I yeah. can see where that, yeah. 
So we've mentioned this in the previous episodes, but Daniel, you are someone that I call my bro because you are like a brother to me. So that's also, I think, something that is important to know is like, you're so willing to have just like real honest conversations with me and for forever, not just like on a podcast, but like since I've mm-hmm. known you, I mean, we, I've in known real you, life. <laughs> yeah. I've known you um, since 2010. Tw- yeah. That sounds right. That's wow. is yeah. that 13 years. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. We've got history. <laughs> oh my good. Yeah. Wow. Have you been married 13 years? 12? 11. Let me see. 20. Uh, yeah. You guys were engaged? Uh, yeah, uh, almost, uh, yeah, so 12 years. So it'd be 13 okay, in November. Yeah, because yeah, you were engaged when I met you. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So that's actually, I think that's a good um, starting point. So we met at Apple. We worked together at Apple and, you know, became friends. Um, so when a man meets a new woman, what is that? What is the first thing they think of, think about? So it's it's, think about it like browsing a bookstore. First, first thing you notice, men are very, very visual creatures. Uh, we're extremely visual creatures. Um, and so first thing we notice is the looks. All right. Is there something about, and it goes just beyond, does she have nice boobs? Right. It goes, it goes, I mean, obviously we, we notice those things as well, but it goes, it goes beyond that. It's like, what's her personality? What's her, um, uh, we try and try and glean some, some of that information. It's like looking at a, a cover of a book. You're not going to pick up a, a, start reading the inside of a book if the cover doesn't interest you as a, as a male. So that's, that's usually the first thing. Also the eyes and smile are very important. Um, because I mean, that's, that's where the connection, the true connection comes from. So it's like, Oh, nice ass. All right. Oh, she's got a good rack on her. Oh, those are beautiful eyes. Let me talk to her. Let's, 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 uh, let's see, see what's in the book here. And obviously this is Daniel speaking, but I'm going to let him speak for all men. I think, I think that's great. I think I'm just going to allow that (laughs) based Um, on his last answer. I don't know that all men will be okay with that. (laughs) I'm just going to, you know, obviously this is Daniel, but I'm also going to give it a blanket statement. All men. Um, So are you saying that this is what men think of for any woman they meet? Like even after you're married, this is what you think about? Yeah. Now, um, obviously, I'm, I'm going to preface all, everything I say in this podcast with uh, there's a, a, there are stereotypes. There's there's a, ma- a majority that think a certain way, and there's always outliers. And where you know, here's men, here's women. I think of it like a vi- Venn diagram. There's there's going to be some crossover in the Venn, yeah. Venn diagram. There's going to be outliers, uh, and so it doesn't obviously stereotypes don't apply to everybody. Uh, it's it's more of a kind of a gradient yeah. on where you fall in line uh, with that. So everything I'm going to I'm try to keep everything as simple as possible. Um, but just understand that that doesn't apply to 100 yeah, percent of, of everybody. It's of yeah, course. it's not a binary thing. Yeah, I could never speak for all women, so I totally agree. <laughs> it's a lot of re- a lot of responsibility yeah, put on my shoulders. It is. It is. <laughs> so you notice this about, and this is probably something that happens in a split second. It's not something where we're like, okay, number one, number two. It's probably mm-hmm. how I notice th- things about a person, like just automatically. So that's what you're saying. That if you meet a woman, that's the things that any woman, even an older mm-hmm. older woman. Mm-hmm. any woman yeah you just notice yeah. these things and it's not necessarily you're noticing them because you want to you know date these women it's just what you notice because you're a man yep so i mean the the sex element's always in the background there uh it's just kind of a biological component of being male um we're it's just like every every male of every species of animal uh their number one goal is to go out into the world and spread their genetics um whereas women women are the are, are the gatekeepers to the future of our society civilization and 
basically all all future history. Okay. Uh, so females uh, seem to be more prone to um, being more selective, whereas men aren't quite as selective. We have our preferences, but um, that idea pushing our genetics out into the world for future generations is always there. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, uh, the, the age, uh, it really, it, you know, it's, it's all motives behind, uh, why you want to speak to that person or why you want to introduce yourself to that person. But the first thing you always notice is, you know, is, is physical attributes and then, uh, you, you know, and then it's, uh, face and, you know, how, how you present yourself. So like when we met and we, I mean, we were in a professional setting, so, you know, you had to talk to me. Um, but when we like more became friends, like can a man and a woman just be friends? Well, I think we're proof of that. I mean, I would agree. How did that come <laughs> about though? Uh, so I, I noticed in your set of questions here, you know, what was the first thing I thought when I saw you? Oh, yes. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> do you really thought, want him I, to answer this? I mean, I I do. We're, we're not, trying to have audit. But... <laughs> what, how, how does the podcast start? What, what do you guys say? At the very Honest beginning conversations. Of the podcast? Yes. Uh, yes. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. What did you first? <laughs> so I thought you were. I thought you were beautiful. Um, I thought you know your smile lit up the room, and so that that's you know that's something. It's like all right, you know I want to be around this person, whether it's to be friends or something else that's you know to but be you determined would, would you have even thought something else you were engaged at the time yeah that that that's off the table yeah that, that would have been off the table yeah. you wouldn't even con yeah. considered it right exactly yeah. yep so that wasn't even an option yeah. but you just you had it you had a uh, an attractive personality just in the way you you know your expressions so my smile won him yep <laughs> but <laughs> by his own list that would be the third thing he would look at well, so, once he saw the other things, I, 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 <laughs> uh, trying to keep it clean, you, you know, know. I, obviously, so. obviously, you know, just like every, every other person there, I, I, you know, did a scan, you know, that's just kind of, it's, it's second nature. It's not, yeah. and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just something that happens. It's yeah, not something it happens even like conscious yeah. yeah. So what is the first thing men think about other men? Usually it's, uh, it's threat level. So physical, physical attributes, um, and there, there's a certain level of respect that you can see as well, like appreciation. So it's like, I appreciate, you know, a nice, a nice butt on a woman, right. Or, you know, a rack. Right. Um, but for, for men, if I look at men, it's, um, are they, you know, broad shoulders, they have good muscles. Um, there's a certain level of appreciation that you can have for other men and their physical attributes. Uh, but typically what it is, is, there's a threat level assessment that you do uh, when you look at another man, and it's just that's that's more of a protective instinct. Um, like if they're a threat you know. to you, like if they could yeah. beat you up, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, isn't that most men? Could oh, beat thank you, you thank you very much. Wow. That was I see what you did there. I see what you did Whoa. there. <laughs> that's why I don't have any guy friends. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Why are those but friends girls? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's how they present themselves as well. And uh, so I start a lot of friendships with guys, but then and I, I guess it's the same thing with women. It's just it's the person once you start reading the book and start understanding the personality, their likes, their dislikes, uh, either that friendship falls off or it stays. I feel like this question, th these questions have like baited you into being very superficial. So I just want to know if you're really that superficial or if 
if it's just like okay beth to be fair though yeah when he's talking this but this is daniel so like i none of this surprises me but i will say like if i if i meet a man like that will run through my head like if they're attractive there's a there's like a part of me that's like this is an attractive man there was someone i just met the other day i was like dang but it's it doesn't mean I want to like go be with this person, but I can recognize someone that's attractive or if their personality is like infectious and someone I want to spend time with. I wouldn't say that we're not noticing those same things. He's just verbalizing in a way that I don't think that we necessarily would. I just, uh, <laughs> I just am going to stick by the superficial comment. Cause I, I don't think that I, I, I mean, I know I make superficial judgments about people yeah. all the time. I think that that is yeah. just part of how human. you know humans operate. Um, but I think that we've put Daniel in this position where he sounds really superficial in a way that I don't think he is. So, the, you know, I mean, the, when you when you meet someone you've never met before, you never had a conversation with them. How do you judge? You know, whether you you know, I mean, for you have me, a conversation with them. For me, I'm more likely to judge their clothes than their physicality. And, and I recognize that that's superficial. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm owning that. I just, um, but that all goes into your, yeah. That, and that's kind of what I mean is like, you have initial thoughts about people that you're not even necessarily being conscious of. It's yeah. just like, these are things you notice. Like I had a car accident a couple, whatever ago. And like, there was things I noticed about the driver right, right. away. It just, you know, it's just the things that pop in your head right away yeah. when you see somebody. So he's just verbalizing in a way that I don't think, I, I wouldn't say I notice guys' butts. That's not something I would well, say. But <laughs> I, I only notice if they're wearing um, jeans that have embroidery on the back pocket because oh. I think that is so tacky. <laughs> I will not. I agree. I, I don't. I don't. That's I don't that's douchebag that. level. Yeah. Sometimes I notice things that are like too out there, like that. Like yeah. that, those are things I'll notice because it's like what? <laughs> right. But again, now, for and, me, and, that's and, clothes. It's not yeah. the body. It's the clothes. Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's a great example. And I also mentioned clothes earlier as well. I, I think I just put it, you know, as the way they're put together. Yeah. Right. So that's obviously an, an outward reflection of who they are, how well they take care of themselves. But the, the embroidery on the jeans thing, right? Let's say that you see that and you're like, all right, I, I'm not going to start a conversation with this person. It's different if, you know, you're forced into a conversation, mm -hmm. like you're checking out at a cash at, at a register or something like that right you're not going to go pursue that now what if he is uh traveling from out of town lost his bag and that's that's what his brother wears and he's right. wearing that just that yeah, one day sure. but he does his clothes right and so we've we've superficially discounted this person uh without digging further um which i think is fine i think th there's a lot of missed opportunities that happen there and miss missed relationships because of uh, just seeing this one sliver of this person's life, making a judgment to yeah, not pursue uh, sure. any kind of engagement with them. Um, however, I think that's fine because there's so many people in the world and there's so many engagements and we just can't go up to every single person to give them that second chance in that moment. Uh, and this, of course, is just with pursuing a, a topic conversation with a stranger. Yeah. So, Daniel, are men simpler, less complicated than women? Yes and no. Okay. That's a complicated answer. <laughs> next, uh, next question. Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, we, we, it was funny because the first time I had this conversation was actually in high school. We were sitting around. It was, uh, um, we had uh, guys and girls sitting at the table, friends of mine. And uh, one of the girls was complaining about her boyfriend being too complicated. And us as guys were like, oh, no, 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 we're, we're actually very <laughs> simple creatures. And so we ran a poll. It was a very simple poll. You know, obviously it's not something that could hold up in scientific paper, but we asked, um, I think it was about, we got 100, 
130 students at the at our high school. It's a pretty big sample answer, size. <laughs> it is a big social sample media. size. No yeah. social media. So we asked everybody, what are three things you can't live without? And we, we asked, you know, half, half of the audience was female, half the audience was male. Uh, ma- uh, the list of males, um, the, the list of the males came up with was cut down basically to like, I think it was 19 items or less than that. Mm. Uh, for women, it was um, about 110, I think, mm. items. So it was, ra- it was rather interesting. Um, obviously, I, you know, I don't correlation there i'm not really sure but you know for men that that list and i really wish I, I could remember some of the items that it was it was a really funny example um of men's needs versus female needs at least i think in this in this situation what were your three that you couldn't live without i don't remember it would have changed by now well what are they now what can't you live without? Uh, family greyhound car yes i wouldn't put car in there Easy. but i'm yeah family <laughs> greyhound for sure I wouldn't want to try to live without a car. That cars. I just one. Cars. Just one that runs is all I need. Yeah, but your cars. <laughs> I think your husband would say cars too. He would say cars. <laughs> he would definitely put a plural mm-hmm. on it. <laughs> I mean it's it's a symbol of of freedom. I mean it was the the growing up, that was the first time that I ever felt totally free, mm-hmm. you know, and independent. Yeah. Um, you know, you had a bicycle before that and that gave you a limited sense, but your range mm-hmm. was dictated by, you know, how you know how far you could ride. And so having a car, I could go wherever I wanted. And that was, that was, it was just more kind of a symbol, I think, of freedom. Why do men a lot of times park backwards in, um, the, uh, in a parking lot? Uh, there's several reasons. One is um, safety and security. So if something happens, you need to get out there quickly. Mm-hmm. I think it's a small, yeah, it is a quick getaway. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, if there's an accident or something like that or some, some emergency, you can get out of there a lot quicker. You don't have to worry about backing into other people trying to leave, right? Uh, so that's one. Two is your car looks better. You can see the front of your car when you leave to go, you know, and, what, and what, you know, like my car has got a sexy ass, but the front of it is it's, it's that's, you know, that's its personality. Uh, so I like, you know, so that's, that's another one. Um, and two, it's, it's just kind of a, a skill boast. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I. I. Th- those. All three of those seem completely accurate to me. I. Sometimes it's easier to back in. I mean, I probably only back into a parking space like maybe twenty percent of the time. It's not often, but yeah. But sometimes it's just easier. I've never backed into a parking because, space. It seems um, super difficult. No, it's it's really. I not. will pull through a space. No, but so- sometimes the way some of the parking lots are laid out, it's like, it's just easier to go past it and then back in. Cause you've got the backup cameras and it's just, well, you can get, yeah, especially if it's on, if the empty parking space is on your right, you got oncoming cars coming the other way. Maybe you have to go past it. it, but you want that. And then you back in. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should but, try it. My mini Cooper is very cute. The front of it. There you go. And it's right. so tiny. It's so it tiny. can, it's so it can cute. park anywhere. I will tell you, I asked that because my mom absolutely hates when men do that because oh. she thinks that they're driving past, but then they drive past and then back in. Oh yeah. And so then it's like a, it's like, you know, she doesn't realize that they're trying to get in that space. It takes like, longer. Yeah, yeah. And it all, it annoys the heck out of her. Me, it doesn't really bother me, but I was just curious what he would say about that. Well, <laughs> well that leads me into a good question. Daniel, what do men think about on the daily? As little as humanly possible. <laughs> That's the quote for this episode. <laughs> we, we have a singular goal. Okay. And that, that is to get to a place where we can do nothing. Wow. It's, it's as simple as that. I mean, that's why, 
anytime you present a problem to a male, uh, their first response is, how do I fix it? Mm. And that was, that was a big issue in, uh, in, in my wife and I's mm-hmm. relationship for a long time, is she'd come complain about something. And my first response is, let's fix it so it's not a thing. Right. And then, and then I can go back to doing nothing. Um, but that's not what she wanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes. And so, in, you know, learning, learning that about each other, you know, the differences mm-hmm. between us as, as male and female and in, in what our, you know, uh, how our approach is to things uh, was obviously, you know, a big thing that we had to work on with our relationship. It took a long time. But uh, that's, that's it. We want to think about as little as possible. Uh, and we want to fix things as quickly as possible in order to getting back to achieving the glorious nothing. Well, I, and here's here's a great example: uh, nunnery versus monks. Mm-hmm. Nuns, like a nunnery, they're always doing something. They're always finding something to do. They're always engaged in something. Monks, their goal is to sit and stare at a wall. <laughs> how much outreach do monks do versus how much outreach do not nun, you know nunneries do? So when you are doing nothing, what what do you do? Like, what is your nothing? Uh, it could be driving. Uh, it could be playing a video game. Okay, so uh, like playing a video game would be a nothing to me. Mm-hmm. So it's not your your nothing would be not My, producing it's, something. It's mindless. Exactly. Yeah. So like yep. watching TV, watching a movie, yep. building Lego, like that relaxing. would be nothing. Okay, so yep. a nothing is like relaxing. Yeah. Like, let me do my things as fast as I can, so then I can do nothing. And not have to like be productive. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, okay. My husband said that actually when I was talking about this episode, he was like, you know, I love to. He's like, I love to drive because the only thing I have to think about when I'm driving is surviving, right? As long as like I can, as long as I don't crash the car, like I don't have to think about anything else. So it's it's like as close to nothing as you can get. <laughs> yeah. 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 Zen. I, I heard a um, a pastor one time. I'm trying to remember his name. Mark something. I'll try. I'll try to find a link and put it to it. Put a link in the show notes. But he talked about how men have this like nothing box in their minds. Like they always want to be in this like place where they're, you know. So when you say to them like, "What are you thinking about?" and they say nothing. Like they really mean it, you know, nothing. And then it's like, okay, well, can I get in your nothing box with you? No, because then there'll be something in my nothing box. Like just leave my nothing box alone. I just want, I I just want to think about nothing. Yeah, that's That's, a good question. That's great. Is that true? Like. When when you ask a man what are they thinking, they say nothing. Is that true? Like you're thinking about nothing. Yeah. What? How does? What does that feel what, like? Yeah, what, what, is, what that? is that? I don't understand. What explain. Explain glorious. what that is like. It's glorious. But um, how, what does that must be it's, like? It's a, it doesn't Our, sound glorious. It sounds empty. And no, lonely. it sounds like that would be like the greatest thing to be able to think about nothing. As someone that overthinks everything and has anxiety because of it, I would love to find the nothing box. Where? How do I That's, find it? That sounds exhausting. Which store do I find that at? Can I build it? I, can, um, I have lumber. Can I build this? I heard thing? Apple made one. <gasps> what? Oh. No, if they did, I would have already had 12 <laughs> in all the colors. Sorry, how do I find the nothing box? So I think it's just like, a. it's it's the baseline. It's, it's our baseline. It's just, it's our... It's our brain's resting point, so I don't. It's like don't, a biological place that we don't have. Right? Yeah, we biologically have a what is it X and Y, and we're what are we? What are we're corp- double X? We're double X. He's X Y. Mm-hmm. So maybe we it can't comes have, with it comes with the Y chromosome apparently the nothing box the nothing box is is the Y yeah is the Y wow. and you're asking why about the <laughs> and, nothing box and I'm over analyzing the nothing box now I'm going to spend like 
12 days just like where do i find the nothing box where is this box <laughs> maybe if i build the physical box and i can stare at it and then there'll be nothing in it <laughs> wow yeah, it's exhausting I'm, I'm, being a female <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think a lot, a lot of these questions uh, come down to um, serotonin levels and dopamine and where we, where mm. we get our dopamine, right? So we, I, I, I know I get a massive dopamine hit from driving my car mm-hmm. and working on my car and working, working with um, wood, making wood projects. Mm-hmm. I was going to say working with my wood, but uh, that's <sighs> inappropriate. So I think it's the dopamine. Okay. Okay. I think, I think a lot of that, yeah. So do men need alone time? Yeah, 100%. Is that where they get to spend time in their nothing box when they're alone? Yes. Yep. It's either working in the garage, watching TV show, uh, browsing on Reddit, um, things like that. So it's uh, and it's it's funny because if I'm at home and I've done everything I need to do for the day and I want to have that nothing time, and if Jess is in the house, I can't have that time because mm-hmm. she's always finding something else to do. Everything can be done, but she's always going to find something else. It interrupts that that nothing time for me, and it also makes me feel guilty because she's always mm-hmm. finding something else to do. I know I've achieved everything for the day. Mm-hmm. Everything else can be, you know, like anything else can be done tomorrow. Um, and so now I'm feeling guilty because I'm. It now looks like I'm being lazy and just sitting there doing nothing, mm-hmm. which I am <laughs> trying to do that because I did everything else. Um, and so I want to help her. Right. You know, with whatever she's doing, but then I never get that nothing time. So it's just, and she, you know, she, she also needs alone time as well. She's a, you know, she's introverted personality and, uh, uh, she loses, loses energy the more she's around other people. So she needs to have some alone time as well. So how much nothing time do you need each day? I think it's probably if I'm doing more mental problem solving, Mm -hmm. uh, then I'll probably need more time. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I call it downtime or downtime or just like, you know, um, it's healthy. time to, uh, yeah, like that's something that I definitely like, you know, after I have dinner, I pretty much am not super productive. I'm like, I maybe have a f- couple things, but I just need time to like, and I usually watch TV, YouTube, things like that. Um, now I want to call it my nothing time. Yeah, that I like that idea time. because yeah. we always talk about being productive and like that's something that as women we seem to we right. overdo. It's like scheduling in nothing time. I was just gonna say yeah. I think I'm gonna put that on my mm-hmm. schedule. schedule or nothing yeah, time. I'm gonna put it on my to do list. To it took a man for us to actually see it. <laughs> Sounds about I'm right. I'm giving him no credit. And it's and it's no I like credit. I like I like that you called it that because that kind of sets the standard yeah. and the expectation yeah. for yourself. You know, if you call it nothing time, then you know okay. That's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the one one of the areas that I would get most frustrated with Jess uh, over was we'd sit down for movie time, mm-hmm. right? We'd watch oh, a yeah. movie, mm-hmm. and then thirty to forty five minutes into the movie, guess what? She gets up and starts doing dishes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> like this is this is yeah. movie time. Yeah. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, I hear dishes yeah. clanging in the background. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I'm with you. I'm I I actually do the same thing. Why do men get married? Like, what do men expect out of a relationship or out of marriage? Because I wonder if it's different than what women are looking for. So that's, I mean, that's a really interesting question because it's it's counterintuitive to uh, biological nature of men, right? So, you know, if we look at mother nature as an example, uh, you know, the, the, the male species is, is designed to go out and try and, you know, get their genetics passed on, right? Um, and so it doesn't make sense to be... Um, monogamous uh from a biological standpoint now marriage 
overall protects the woman more than the man. Uh, and it, it, because it restricts, it restricts the man to that, you know, to one person as opposed to just causing genetic chaos, I guess. But I, I, I don't know any different than how I am. Uh, and I know a lot of men are different in this regard. I'm, I'm a very committed, loyal person. I'm a one woman person. Yeah. Well, why did you want to marry Jess? I want to spend the rest of my life with her. Why? She's she's a great partner. She's she's my best friend. Like she's yeah. she's somebody that I can I can spend every day with and like she's she's up in Live Oak and and we miss each other. Like uh-huh. it's we can spend every single day with like we've worked together. We've worked in the same office together. We've run the same business together uh, before in the past. So it's I don't ever get sick of her. Sometimes you know I I need my nothing time, but that has nothing to do with her specifically. How did you yeah. know, like, what was the moment where you knew you wanted to spend the rest of your life with her? We met at an early age. She was 17. I was 18. Freshman, second, second day of orientation at FSU. Now, it's funny because um, just a little backstory. Uh, I, had, I had just gotten out of a long relationship from high school and uh, we were both going to different colleges. So we decided to, to split it up. And uh, so I go to college. I'm like, you know what? I've had nothing but long relationships ever since I started dating. Like I always had, like, it was always over a year. And, uh, and so I get to college and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get as many girls numbers as possible. I'm going to go have fun. (laughs) I'm going to go on dates and I'm going to have sex. Like that was, that was my goal. And so I actually had, (laughs) (laughs) and and that's what I did. But it was funny because I had, I had dates lined up on the first day I was there. I had five dates lined up already Wow. uh, with five different women. And I met Jess and we hung out during orientation uh, for, for that orientation session. And she was the only girl I didn't get, didn't get her number, but something was bugging me in the back of my head. I'm like, but I, something to- told me I need to stay in contact with this girl. And so we just happened to be in another orientation session uh, later that day or the next day. I can't remember. And I was like, I got to get your number. And so I got her number because we were so young. We were, you know, also stupid, you know, as, as teenagers, we think we're invincible and we do dumb things. Uh, she did far less dumb things than I did. And we we went through all that together and we had arguments, we had fights, but we always came out on top and we always worked through it. And some, some of those issues came back up because we forgot our, our previous, you know, ways of resolving of, of resolving or preventing that from happening. And so some some things we've had to work on multiple times over the years. But it's just I think it was I get a big dopamine hit from being around her. Yeah. I love being around her. And we've been through this shit together. Every year we're stronger as a couple. What's the secret to your marriage? All right. It's it's like a tripod. Uh if any one of these legs is too short, uh the tripod falls over and that's going to be sex, communication, money. If there's uh, um, issues in any one of those three, uh, you have issues. And it's and every single argument, every single fight we've ever had can be related to one of those three things. And we've experienced issues in all three. So do you think you would ever get divorced? No. I mean, not to get too dark, but the, I think the only, only thing that could potentially cause something like that would be, you know, untimely death of Scarlett. Like that would mm. be... That would probably be the only thing um, because I know Jess. I know what kind of woman she is. Uh, she's never going to do anything to je- jeopardize mm-hmm. uh, the relationship. I know who I am. She knows who I am, and I'm never going to do anything to jeopardize. So there's, it's not going to be. And any any issues we've been through, we've been able to 
work through. It, it would take it would take an act of God for us to for that to happen. And I, I think even in the worst case scenario that I mentioned, I don't think that would. Yeah, I mean, I, really I've seen, it. unfortunately, I have seen couples experience that, you know, experience that kind of loss and and the couples who are really solid before it happens, just draw closer together. Not and not every marriage can survive it, but not every marriage can survive anything, you know, so um, yeah. You know, we're good friends. You have other female friends. How does Mm -hmm. Jess feel about you having female friends, having lunch with a female and vice versa, like her having male friends, having lunch with a male? Like, what are the thoughts on that? Sleeping over at, at a female friend's house. Yeah. Well, you've done that at my house many times. I have. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. I, yes. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yes. How does she feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she, you know, she knows who I am. Yeah. You know, uh, I, right. I mate for life, and that's it. Now it's funny because uh, a lot of the guys, uh, uh, guy friends that I have, their their wives are a lot more jealous prone, jealousy prone, and they can react even if they go talk to another female. Uh, I think I don't know if it's just the way uh jess and i's relationship started or if it was uh, or if it's just part of her personality i don't think she's a very jealous person to begin with i don't really ever see that any, anything there i was a right. photographer and so i was always oh, shooting yeah. female models you know and shot some topless ones in, in in my apartment in tallahassee when i was going to college and uh jess was even there for some of them but she ne- was never like i need to be there or i don't want you doing this uh we, we had kind of a pretty good bead on on certain aspects of our personalities, I think early on. And I think that helps. And I can totally see that with you guys. Like I've never seen her seem like upset that I'm at the house or jealous or anything. There's never been anything close to that at all. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it was, you guys li- couldn't be friends if that were true. Yeah. I, you couldn't, you couldn't be friends yeah. if it made her uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's never been, I mean, I've been at his house with just him so many times and he's yeah. been in my house so many times. Like th- there's never any issue. Yeah. I, th- I think that's important. I think, I think it's something that all all relationships should should be at that level of comfort. Yeah. Or at least that's a goal, yeah. right? Because there's so so many life experiences that you can miss out on. It's like I I I love people. I love yeah. love learning about them. I love le- hearing their stories. You know, there's so many so many great relationships and experiences that I would would have missed out on if yeah. I was with somebody that denied me yeah. that. So I'm assuming when Jess hangs out with a guy or has lunch or something or has guy friends that you're cool with it just the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Do men need mandates? I, you know, I, I think it comes down to extrovert versus okay. introvert. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I do. So uh, last weekend, actually, I went on a cruise with my buddy Javon. We were in two separate cars, not talking to each other over the phone, just cruising. Oh, cruising in a car. Oh. Mm-hmm. In separate cars. My nope. my husband does that. He'll go. He'll take his jeep and he'll go out in the woods and he'll call like a buddy and they'll like be in their jeeps together, not communicating at all, but going on the same like, like as a safety thing. Dirt roads and stuff. Is it like a no. safety thing? No. You get to enjoy your car yourself, yeah. but enjoying the same activity with the buddy, and it's it's different than like yeah, so. Uh, one of, one of my r- rituals is there's a really windy road um, that's like five minutes down the road. And so typically for lunchtime, I'll have a quick lunch and then I will go cruise this windy road in my car, come back. And it's such a great uh, dopamine hit that it's just like it energizes me for the rest of the day. Um, But when I went cruising with Javon, that was that was even better. It was just and yeah, we stopped afterwards. We talked about. Oh, you you did talk. 
but not after. Not yeah. because you were an extrovert, though. He also needed he needed a oh, little bit of that. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't. I can't imagine like just getting in my I car just never, to be like, oh, I'm gonna go drive for ten minutes. I it'll, it'll never make me feel good. <laughs> I have never. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm. I want to. I would love to hear like when Daniel like invited his friend. Like I want to hear how that conversation went. Like, hey man, you want to go cruising? Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. See you in five. Cool. Um, Is that how it goes? Like, I just want to hear like that, how the conversation. That goes. was way too many words. Oh, it's a text. Cruising? Question mark? Is that or just a car? Is it just a text? Sa- Saturday cruise. Done. Sure. Um, do men struggle with self confidence? Hundred uh, percent, but I have I have actually seen a therapist. Uh, Jess was seeing a therapist uh, for a while, and um, you know I, I suffer from uh, confidence issues and, and self doubt through uh, just just from my experience with diabetes. You know, as you know, part of my body has failed me, right? So it's you're not operating the way you should operate. Something's wrong. You're broken, right? So there's there's that's had you know issues, um, uh, lasting effects, and so. Yeah, so I talked to the therapist and, you know, it's just, you know, I was as honest as I am with you guys today. It's just sometimes it's a matter of talking it out and, and experiencing a different perspective on, on the issue. So I observed, so my husband and I met when we were really young, too, just like you and your wife. Um, you were even younger. High school. That's true. We were in high school. So I, Oh, nice. So I observed this in him and now I see it in my son who's 20. And there's something like, I, th- I think the only way to describe it is that there's this, particularly at around the age around around age 20 like 18 to 25 um where they're like this strange mix of absolute bravado and an absolute like lack of confidence and Mm -hmm. and it and it those two things sound like they couldn't work together but i just i just see it so much like i i don't i don't know how else to describe it do you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean um uh uh, take a look at National Geographic's and see if find some colorful looking male bird trying to entice a female. Mm, peacocking, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a matter of, I mean, you know, and and so, some of the bravado is a show, you know, because mm-hmm. you're, you're still learning yourself, you know, and and there's in learning with learning yourself, there's a lot of questioning, and uh, you know, and so, some bravado is just blind bravado, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's you know they're they're peacocking essentially. Yeah. So you're like when guys are being cocky and just like acting like they know everything and yeah. they're like the coolest, but then really they just have no self-confidence. Yeah. 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 Look, it's kind of like overcompensating. At, yeah. Look at my feathers. Right. Look at my feathers. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just want to affirm that uh, I think going to see a counselor is great. I think everybody should, 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 should. Yeah. I'm going to shoot on everybody right now. I think you should do that. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, everybody I, my, I highly recommend it. Everybody yeah. in my family does it. Well, I mean, in my nuclear family, not my extended family. Oh, I do want to say, so we actually, the first episode we ever did with Daniel was about diabetes. So we will put a link to that in the show notes because he talked openly and honestly with us about that. Um, but back to how men think. So, Question for you, Daniel. Do you agree that men get better with age, but women just get old? Because I feel like that's a stereotype. I'm going to get the eyes for this one. Yes. Um, Wait, yes. Done. Okay, yes. All right. So um, I think I do think men at least age better than women. I think a lot of women would would agree with this. Jess agrees with me on this one. Um, You got to explain what you mean by that. What do you mean they age better? Yeah, do you so, mean like their looks yeah, or their appearance? personality right. or their like skill levels? So, 
externally, I think men age better than women, typically. Um, and yet they die younger than women. Hmm. They do. So who's actually better at aging? We, we, we keep our looks better, but then it has a toll, you know? <laughs> so um, in, in, uh, internally, personality-wise, I think, so women mature much faster than men. Mm-hmm. And, there's, and there's a biological reason for that as well. Uh, you know, there's, there's a certain biological clock on, on how long, you know, you can produce babies right whereas men don't have that biological clock so we don't we're not as pressured to hurry up our lives and get our stuff in order which has also led to big issues with men just not maturing quick enough and not getting their stuff in order quickly enough and and so uh that's that's a real negative component of that um so i think i think men make greater strides later in life i think because they've you guys figured that stuff out well before us um, I don't, it's, it's, I mean, that's a really tough question. That's, it's, and, uh, you know, it's a minefield. Would it be fair to say that women get better sooner and stay that way? Or are you thinking men get, women get better and then they just go down the hill? No, it's, it's kind of like, um, thinking about like a curve, right? Uh, starting the start down here and you kind of, you know, you, you go up. And then it kind of rounds off, but then still, it still goes up because you still have life experiences throughout the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So you're still learning, you're still growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, that should be the pursuit of everybody. Um, so I think, I think, you know, you, you hit maturity a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, it's, you, you know, hopefully everybody's still going up like that. Whereas men are, are more of kind of like an inverse curve where it's like, we stay, stay down here. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's the op, I think it's kind of the opposite. Like if you just invert that curve, um, so, you know, and at some point, you know, same thing with guys, we kind of level off a little bit and, but hopefully still learning, growing, uh, but you know, every day you live, there's, it's a new life experience. It's hopefully teaching you something. Well, one of the life experiences that you have is that you are a dad. I wonder how raising a daughter has changed how you look at women. It's, I mean, it's obviously changed how I look at women a lot. And part, part of that's, you know, just being married to Jess. Um, I've learned a lot about women that way, but learning about women growing, mm-hmm. you know, from that stage of, of being a, you know, newborn baby to a nine-year-old girl is, uh, it's, it's beautiful. And it's, um, it's funny to see different aspects that are, that are just human nature versus, you know, aspects of, of us imparting our, our knowledge, um, uh, and our experiences on her. Uh, so just seeing her personal preferences, uh, grow and change is, is really, really interesting. Like what she's drawn to naturally. So I'm curious, what do you tell uh, your daughter about boys? Cause you know, with me, you told me like it is, uh, I will murder them. <laughs> Actually, you tell it, your daughter that you should murder boys. That you will murder I, boys? That no, I, I will, I just mean yeah. in general, the opposite gender. In general, what do you tell her? Not not necessarily boys she's interested in, but as you know, every boy that she meets is going to be interested in her at first. They're going to wonder about that. Yeah, she's going to be a good-looking girl when she grows up, and that <laughs> terrifies me. Um, she's so adorable. But she's I actually, I, I did I did actually tell her that uh, I would murder her boyfriends. Um, and, That's so and then, stereotype. You know, you, Why? You, you don't you, do stereotypes. That's such a stereotype well, for dads you, to do she, that. She, she had a brilliant response. What? She goes, Daddy, I have a million boyfriends. Are you going to kill a million of them? (laughs) 
she can give it, dish it back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I believe that. Very, very proud of her on that response. My approach is just making sure that she's got a very strong moral compass um, and 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 pride in herself. I think if you if you have that tool set, you don't you you'll identify dangers because I mean there's there's too many too many situations, too many variables to to narrow it down and be like, all right. I think just dealing dealing with being hurt and and having a good strong moral compass and a good foundation uh, of values. I think is the most important thing that I can I can teach her. What so. if she doesn't want to date guys? That's fine too. Who are the three best men in all of history? The Wright brothers, okay. Steve Jobs, and Martin Luther King Jr. Okay, I think I can agree with that. It's a good list. I would have, um, I know Beth would have put Jesus on I the list. I would have put Jesus on the list, yeah. So you did miss <laughs> out right. the opportunity. I missed, I missed the extra maybe, points. Maybe the Wright brothers were, were driving <laughs> Jesus, in the, uh, flying him in the plane. We weren't There's, sure. We weren't there. We weren't sure. Do men change with age? So like, you're 40 now. Were you any different at 25? Yeah, my knees didn't hurt. Mm, that's true. <laughs> so I was young some and things stupid don't at 25. Better. <laughs> you were young and stu- stupid at 40 what did you say I didn't hear it. <laughs> can you still be young at 40 i guess it depends who you ask i don't know it, it's your his personality brain yeah. is young at 40 yeah or his well, uh, I mean, thoughts are even young. even 80 yeah your thoughts your so thoughts you know it's uh your body is yeah. dead but your thoughts are young yeah. I, I always my brain always thinks that i'm at least 15 years younger than i actually am yeah mm-hmm. and and then my knees remind me that i'm not Aww. But wouldn't it be kind of a Everything bummer? Everything creaks. Like, uh, I mean, physically, obviously, it's different. But, like, wouldn't it be kind of a bummer to be the same person at 40 that you were at 25? Like, no, I want to yeah. grow and evolve, evolve yeah. and learn, learn. I yeah. think it's I think it's almost impossible to be the same person because you just learn so much on a daily basis. I, I agree with both of you guys on that. So, yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible to be the same person unless you just sat in a... Uh, a prison cell on isolation. Actually, you'd still be different because you'd probably go crazy. You know, all that time, yeah, all that time would drive you nuts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just time. Time changes us. Uh, experiences change us. Um, and it's. I think it's just a matter of whether you, you grow and learn from those experiences or you revert. And uh, the goal should always be to to grow and learn. Like everything should be a learning experience. And you know, well, that's why I like the phrase "hurry up and fail." Try something. Mm. You're going to screw it up and that's a learning. And then you go and, and revise your strategy, do it again until you succeed. And that's, you, know, you get better and better. Okay. Wait, one, one last question. I just remember that we wanted to ask you this, but are men like sad or jealous that they can't give birth to children? No, no. <laughs> um, re- remember how we want to go back to doing nothing. Well, now our body's <laughs> doing two of something. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> There's nothing about that experience. I respect the miracle of life and and what what you women go through when you when you you know when you have a child. And I've been there for that experience, and I've done, you know been there to support. But uh, I, there's no, I don't want anything inside my body. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for being here uh, for a third time. Three Pete. Three Pete. Uh, very much appreciate it. Um, I do now that we've done the episode. I do um, give you props for yes for agreeing to do it and actually doing it and being honest. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on. I hope uh, trying trying to say things honestly from a you know from a guy's perspective without sounding uh, coarse, mm-hmm. <laughs> too coarse. Uh, but it's you know that's kind of we're kind of rough around the edges in general. You know, we see see the world differently than you um, than women do, and so it's uh, it's definitely you know I, I I love I love I like to I like to do the reverse where I ask you guys questions about how you think <laughs> as women. Ooh, you know, okay. because, might, maybe it's be a fourth. Four feet. Yeah, a fourth be a four feet. Feet episode. Okay, sure. okay. Sure. We're down. Right. Although we Gotta might have... need to also have your wife on for that one. Yeah, maybe we, yeah, maybe we have um mm-hmm. yeah, maybe have Jess on too. That would be awesome. That'd be our first time with two guests too. I know. This could be so revolutionary. That'd be very exciting. Very exciting. And then we'll get your daughter mix. on and your dog on. <laughs> Everyone's on the podcast. <laughs> the whole family. Get, are you writing this down, Beth? I make a men- mental mental note. mental note. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. All right. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show. At the end of each episode, we end with questions for reflection. These are questions based on today's show that Beth will read and leave a little pause between for you to answer yourself, or you can find a PDF on our website. Number one, what did you agree with Daniel about today? Number two, what did you disagree with Daniel about today? Number three, who are the men who've been influential in your life? Reflect on what makes them influential. And number four, is your best friend a different gender than you? Why or why not? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Thank you for joining us. 